Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to uh, it's good to welcome you here on uh, this uh, Sunday morning. Um, I'm going by my watch rather than the clock in the sanctuary, which is uh, famously four minutes slow. So uh, it is half past ten. So we will uh, we will begin. Welcome, whether you're here in person in church or whether you're on Zoom, uh, you're very welcome, and it's great to to have you with us. Just um, a few notices. We are getting back to. Uh, uh, events um, again um, as it's uh, now autumn and um, just a really exciting uh, community outreach event we've got coming up on the 11th of uh, September between two and six we're having a community barbecue out in the uh, front car park of the church uh, between two and six it's a free event we just wanted to uh, bless the community and to show the community that we're open for business and uh, all the contacts that we've made uh, over the summer through Let's Do Lunch and all our sort of toddler contacts. And we just want to bless all of those who have uh, contact with the church and those that don't. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's open and free to anybody who wants to come, including you all. I hope you, you come along and chat to the community. It would be great to see lots of people uh, here uh, enjoying fellowship and food uh, we're going to put some tables uh, out the front there's going to be some children's toys um, out the front so that uh, families can stay and play um, so please uh, yeah invite your neighbors invite your friends your work colleagues bring them along that's the 11th of september food will be served between two and six and um out and we're hoping and praying please for a really good day a really fine uh, sunny day. Um, September can be brilliant for weather, so we want you to pray for one of those uh, sorts of days. So that's a really good opportunity for us to to show the community that we're we're open and that we're welcoming everyone back uh, to to all of our events. So uh, put that one in your in your diary. Um, just just to note uh, for church members, we we've because I'm away um, for a week in uh, Derbyshire. We've had to bring the church meeting forward to the 14th of September. So we'll be meeting here in the main sanctuary um, on the 14th of um, September, eight o'clock uh, in the evening. It's a really important meeting because we're voting for um, church uh, treasurer um, and uh, members will be getting a note about this this week. So you'll be getting on email or through the newsletter, you'll be getting a note telling you about that nomination um, this week. So please do make an effort to come out on the 14th uh, for that uh, church meeting. A uh, couple of events also this week uh, that you will hopefully through the newsletter be aware that it's um, Bob Younger's committal service, uh, one o'clock at Woking Crematorium. That is family only, but you are able to join in with that service uh, via the uh, Obertus um, online service. Evelyn has sent out the, the, the link, but if you've, um, if you've lost it or can't find it, do drop uh, Evelyn a note and she'll send that again, and you can follow that service at one o'clock Wednesday online. And then Bob and Pam, uh, Pam's Thanksgiving service is, is on the 4th of September here at 12 o'clock. And if you'd like to attend that, please do let Evelyn in the office know as uh, it'll be helpful to us 
uh, in terms of catering numbers and uh, seating and all those kind of uh, things. And also next Saturday is uh, Hannah um, and uh, Jason's wedding here at uh, 12 noon. Again, that is open to all, but if you'd like to come, please do let Evelyn know because obviously we're expecting a, a large number of people and we need to manage uh, the flow through the building uh, and uh, seating and all that. So if you're planning to come, please do, do let Evelyn know. Um, there's a lot going on at, at the moment. Um, uh, we had seniors yesterday for the first time, which was fantastic. Uh, 30 guests um, plus helpers. And there was a real buzz in the room. It was like Christmas day. They were so, yeah, yeah, genuinely delighted to be back. And it was great to, to be together. Um, and it's great, it's always great to, to, to see more and more of you coming back to church, actually. That, uh, so it's such a great thing to, to worship together. Um, all, all we ask is mask wearing is discretionary. It's up to you. Um, but during singing, we do ask that you, uh, you sing, uh, you put your mask on uh, for, for singing. Um, and by the way, the visor ones are fine. In fact, for some of you, you probably find the visor ones more helpful for singing because you, you, it's easier to breathe. So you might want to you might want to think about getting a visor one if you if you're concerned about your breathing. But they're fine. Um, so I, I've spoken for I've waffled on for for a long time here. I'm going to begin with some words of scripture, which tell us about how good it is to be in God's presence and to meet together as the temple. We are the temple, the people of God, aren't we? The place where God's presence through the spirit dwells. And David says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Let's stand together to worship and seek Jesus in, in this temple, this place where God's people are, are gathered. Let's stand and sing.
beautiful one, my soul must sing.
is so feeble and yet you accept it and father we thank you so much that we are accepted we're accepted because of jesus and father father we just bless you and praise you because because just because you are so wonderful so so beautiful thank you lord amen good to be in your presence, to worship you, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one who is seated for eternity on the throne, the one who is reigning and sovereign and all-powerful and yet all-loving, and the one who gave us the best gift that he ever could in the gift of his own son, Jesus, who died for us, died for our sin, rose again, who's conquered sin and death and evil. We long to draw near father through jesus and we thank you that we can we come lord to confess that we haven't loved you with all our heart with all our soul with all our mind and our strength and we haven't loved our neighbor as ourself and yet lord the wonderful promise of scripture is that if we confess our sins you are faithful and just and you will forgive us from all our sin and clothe us in righteousness so we receive that wonderful promise through Jesus now of forgiveness and of being clothed in his righteousness. Continue with us now as we continue to worship you, Jesus. Amen. Uh, please be seated, yeah. Um, I wonder, um, does anybody know uh, who the British and Irish <coughs> lions are? Anybody know who, could you stick your hand up and shout it out? Rugby, yeah. And who, who, who makes up the British and Irish Lions? Yeah. Yeah, Wales, Scotland, who else? England and Ireland. Yeah, Ireland. Yeah. So that's why they're called the British and Irish Lions. Um, if we could just stick up the uh, first slide there. I don't know if you're aware, but um, just a couple of weeks ago, the British and Irish Lions. Uh, unfortunately, we lost uh, 
uh, I, it pains me to say it, Stella and uh, Quentin, but we lost the tour to South Africa <laughs> two games to one um, after a 19 to six loss at Cape Town. So uh, Quentin and Stella, you get to, uh, oh, David and Jen, how could I forget? David and Jen are here as well. <laughs> We've got a lot of South African supporters in, as you can tell this morning. Um, and we lost against you again. So uh, our time will come. <laughs> so the reason for the reason for mentioning uh, this this morning is I wanted to talk a little bit about what it means to be uh, a family uh, in the church. Now, the British Lions shirt is a is a red one. Um, can you put the next one up, uh, Jasper? That's the badge on the British Lions uh, rugby shirt. And you'll notice that uh, it's got the English uh, red rose there and the Scottish, is it thistle? Is that right? Scottish thistle? I've got to get shamrock of Ireland and the, the Welsh, is that leeks? I think it is, isn't it? Uh, Howard's, Howard, will, he's on Zoom, he'll correct me, I'm sure. But um, so the British Lions are one team and yet they're made up of four different nations. Now, the players from each of those four different nations retain their identity. They are still English, Irish, Scottish, and Welsh. Sorry, it's not a joke. Apologize if you're expecting a joke to follow. Um, they, are four, they are four nations, but they're one team, the British and Irish Lions. And in the same way, Paul says that although we keep our identity as male and female, um, as, uh, I don't know, South African, or Irish, or Scottish, or English, or Mauritian. I'm just looking around at some of the different uh, Nigerian, uh, Ghanaian, uh, whatever your nationality is, we are all brought together into one family, the church, aren't we? Um, so Paul says, there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ. In other words, those identities don't make any difference now because there's only one church um, so although we get we keep our identities Paul is saying it doesn't matter whether you're a Jew or a Gentile slave or free because through Christ you are all brought into one family you are all brothers and sisters in Christ so although um, normally Scotland and Ireland and England and Wales would would be at loggerheads on the field during the Six Nations wouldn't they but when they play for the British Lions, they're one team. And God has brought all different kinds of people into the church. Just have a look around you at the different people here today. Um, they are your brothers and sisters in Christ. We share one father in heaven. This is your family, right? We are as closely connected as a biological family. We are brothers and sisters adopted into God's family through the Holy Spirit, with one God as our Father. We are diverse. We are very different from one another, and yet we are one family. So next time you see the British Lions, think about the one family of the church and how different we are, and yet united we are in Christ. Um, so church is not something you go to. It's a family you belong to, right? 
So we could be meeting in the car park this morning and we would be the family of God worshiping. It doesn't matter where we meet. So if this building burnt down tomorrow, we would still be the church of Jesus because where the church is, where God's people are, there the spirit dwells, there is the church. Okay, thank you. Um, do you know what? Have we, we haven't taken up offering for, for a while. Have we got a, an offering plate that I can, we ought to pray for the offering. Tony's coming. Here we go. It's really important part of our worship is, is offering our gifts, uh, our money, our time, our resources, ourselves to God. And so forgive me for forgetting to do this last week, but let's, let's pray uh, for this. Jesus, you gave us the gift of yourself. You who were rich became poor when you entered this world. And you did that so that we can become spiritually rich through your gift of life, through your death and resurrection. And Lord, we offer you this money as we offer you our lives, our time, our resources, our gifts. And we lay them down at the cross and we say, take them and use them for the extension and glory of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we have the, uh, the, the reading, I'd just like to uh, give the opportunity for some open prayer. I'm very, um, I thank you. One or two members this week wrote to me and said, what's happening with the missionaries in, uh, in Afghanistan? And so we sent out a, a, a BMS, uh, Baptist World Mission update, uh, hopefully, that, and it gives you a little bit more information about how to pray. But it would be re it's really important that we remember our, there are estimates are between there are one between one and 20,000 Christians in Afghanistan. They really we really don't know how many are still left there, but they are still the church and they're still having to bear witness to Christ in. Well, I mean, hostile isn't the word, is it? It's 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 incredibly difficult circumstances, non-government organizations and charities and uh, missionary societies are still there. The BMS are trying to evacuate their remaining missionaries at the moment as we speak. So it'd be really good uh, to pray for uh, the church in Afghanistan and all the missionaries that are there and their infrastructures supporting them. But also there may well be other people in the fellowship a bit closer to home that you also want to, to pray for. So Tony has the, the microphone. If you'd like to to pray and please do and unmute yourself on on zoom if you'd like to join and pray please uh, in here if you'd like to pray just put your hand up and tony will will uh, put the mic in front of you that way everybody on zoom can hear so let's uh, let's pray as the spirit leads us Oh, loving Father, the situation in Afghanistan is, is so extreme, Father. It's so awful, Lord. 
for people throughout that country, it is a desperate place, Lord. God, I just pray this morning for those who, who are Christians, Lord, who are either there because they're working for you, Lord, or because they've converted from Islam, Lord. I was reading about it this morning. And for people who are known to have converted from Islam to Christianity, Lord, known in their communities, their lives are in peril, Father. Their every moment is in peril, Lord. And, and for the Christians who are working there, for everyone, Lord, the situation is just desperate, Father. And it, it's so hard to know how to pray, Father, but I do pray this morning for your um, for wisdom, for strength, for, for the church leaders, for the, for the country's leaders, for a Damascus Road experience with a whole lot of them, Lord, that one minute they're persecuting and the next, wow, they've been converted, Lord, oh, Father God just cry out to you for this country and and lord jesus pray for a miracle there amen lord jesus we thank you because you are the stiller of storms father lord the storm in Afghanistan, lord you are the only one that can still the storm right now Humanly, there's nothing we can do, but let your spirit hover around this country. Let this country, Afghanistan, and all the Christians in it, oh Lord, get your shield. The Bible says you are the shield that can shield us from every storm. Father, Lord, disappoint the desires of the crafty so that their hands will not be able to perform their enterprise. The devices of Sharia law in that country will not come to pass. Lord, you will deliver all the Christians in that country, Lord. Whether those who have converted themselves from being Muslims to Christians, Lord, you will not put them to shame. Lord, you will deliver them from every destruction that has been sent upon that country. Lord, we commit all the children and all the women, oh God, there. Oh, Lord, the women are crying day and night, oh, God, because their future and their lives are in danger. Father, Lord, send your angels. Send your reaper angels to reap every woman and every man, every child in that country from the destruction that these people have set upon them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Father God, we just pray for leaders of nations. Oh Lord, uh, whether they be prime ministers or presidents, whatever their role, Father, we just pray that you will give them great wisdom. Father, all we can do is pray. But Lord, these men have the power to respond and to react. And we just pray, Father, that that will be in line with your will. Just give them your wisdom. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. As in our body, we have many parts that do not have the same functions. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and members one of another. Christ is the head of the body, that is the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. God is revealed to us through the Spirit, which searches everything, knowing the thoughts of man, 
and impartial, imparting wisdom to us as we acknowledge his spirit that is in us. Amen. the funeral service for Bob uh, this Wednesday. Lord, we pray for the, for the whole family as they grieve uh, the loss of, of Bob. Lord, we pray that your word would go forth with power on Wednesday, that those who do not know you watching on Zoom or there at the, the service, Lord, would turn to Christ and be saved. And Lord, we pray for their as they make, as the family make plans for the Thanksgiving service for Bob uh, and Pam on the 4th of September. Again, Lord, we pray that that would be an opportunity for your word to go forth and to challenge those who do not yet know Christ to come to know him and to enter into eternal life. Lord, we pray for Hannah and uh, for Jason and the family as they prepare for this Saturday for the wedding. Lord, we just pray your blessing and all the arrangements that that would be a real celebration of, of, of marriage. Lord, we pray for Hannah and Jason as they prepare that, Lord, on the day that your voice would be heard and understood in them, that, Lord, the challenge to, uh, to come to Christ and to commit their, their lives to him would be heard and understood and that they would respond going forward to, to the gospel. We ask all of these prayers in the name of Jesus. But Lord, as we come to read your word now and uh, apply it to our hearts, Lord, help us not just to be hearers, but also doers of your word. Lord, this is a powerful word that, you, that is God-breathed, that your Holy Spirit has inspired. And Lord, we submit to the authority of your word we say, speak to us, Lord, for your servants are listening and ready to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're continuing our series in the book of Ephesians, looking at uh, the Holy Spirit in the life of the church. And we're looking today at how the Holy Spirit gives us access into uh, God's family, how the Holy Spirit gives us access into the family of God. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 11, therefore remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that done in the body by the hands of men, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace. And in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, 
built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole body is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him too, you are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Thank you. So the Holy Spirit gives access to God's new community, the church. Um, we live in a very individualistic age. Um, you do you has become the kind of catchphrase. You do you. Um, and that's very often applied to spirituality too. So the idea is that, you know, you can pick and mix at the spirituality counter, whatever faiths and religions and philosophies suit you um, and your lifestyle so that an individual approach to spirituality doesn't really cost you anything, doesn't require you to commit to anything in particular, or a, certainly not an organization or a body of people. It's all about what works for you on your personal, individual, spiritual journey. And that kind of spirituality, you can pick up book upon book in the spirituality Waterstone um, section. There's a whole section devoted to it now on being the best you that you can be, finding your inner self, uh, all that kind of spirituality. It's very new age, very individualistic, and it's got nothing to do with Christianity. Um, because Christianity is about following Christ in a community, the church. Um, God does not save individual people so that they can live individual and personal spiritual lives disconnected from everybody else. Um, God sent Jesus in the world to reconcile not just individual people on their own personal journeys of faith, but he, he sent Jesus to create a new community, the church, to break down barriers of hostility between people so that race, gender, ethnicity, languages are not barriers to the church. Jesus, through the cross, broke down the dividing wall of hostility between us which is why you see such a variety of people in the church, don't you? Um, because age, gender, ethnicity, language doesn't matter anymore. We are one family, uh, one temple in Christ. Um, Jesus, through the cross, has reconciled us all, brought peace between us and God and peace between one another. So how has this come about? Um, that's what I want to look at today. How are we, um, both the family of God, the household of God, and how are we uh, the temple of God? Those are the two metaphors that Paul uses in this passage, aren't they? Temple and family or household. So how has that come about? Well, you won't be surprised to notice or to note that it's Jesus. The answer to every question in church is always Jesus, isn't it? Even even when you think it isn't, we always say, well, it should be this, but I'm going to say Jesus just to make sure. Well, yes, we are united together in Christ, by faith in Christ. Now, you need to understand something about the church in and around Ephesus. There were two groups in the church. There were Jews and there were Gentiles. Now, that's really significant because Jews and Gentiles didn't have anything to do with each other. They didn't get on. 
um, the Jews were those who were near to God. The Gentiles were far away from God. The Jews had their own court in the temple. The Jews were the ones who God had chosen to be God's special treasured possession. And they saw the Gentiles as godless, the uncircumcised. The Jews were the ones who were given the law. They were given the temple. They had the presence of God among them. They were God's special holy covenant people who celebrated the festivals. Now, it was possible for Gentiles to join the Jewish community, but they had to be circumcised and they had to keep God's law and join in the covenant. And we note that in the Old Testament, a number of Gentiles joined the Jewish community, including Rahab in the book of Joshua. And there are a number of examples of Gentiles joining the community of Israel, God's chosen people, aren't there? But when we get to the New Testament, things change a bit. Jesus said um, that in his own body, in his death and resurrection, that he would abolish the temple and raise it up again. And what he meant by that was that he would die and put an end to all the temple regulations. And in his resurrection, he would become the new temple of God, the place where God's presence dwelt. And so everybody who trusts in Jesus, whether Jew or Gentile, can now approach God um, through Jesus, who is now the new center of God's presence on earth. It was the temple in Jerusalem. Now it's Jesus. And Jesus invited whoever, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, man or woman, that if they came to him, they could join his new community, the church, and enjoy the presence and a personal relationship with God. Um, you see, back in the old covenant, it was only the high priest once a year who could go into the Holy of Holies, the inner room. That was where God's presence dwelt, wasn't it? And only the Jewish high priest could go there once a year on the Day of Atonement. And around the inner courts, you had the, the court of the Jews. The closer in you got to the Holy of Holies in the temple, the more uh, the intensity of God's presence. So by the time you got to the outer courts of the temple where the Gentiles could meet, they were further away from the Holy of Holies, which was a, 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 a sign that they were further away from God than the Jews. And there was actually a dividing wall in the temple that separated the Jews and the Gentiles. And there was a sign in the temple that said, no Gentiles should pass beyond this partition. Um, so there was a division. But Paul says that Christ has done this. Um, in verse uh, 14, for he himself is our peace, who has made the two one, now that's Jews and Gentiles, and has destroyed the barrier, that's the dividing wall, the dividing wall of hostility. Do you see? Christ, by becoming the temple, has, has broken down that wall that used to divide Jews and Gentiles in the temple, and they have become one. Now, that doesn't mean that they lose their identity, Remember the British lions? If you say to a British lion, well, you're English and they're Scottish, you won't get a, a particularly warm reaction. You say, I'm Scottish. 
they'll be offended. Was that a reasonable Scottish accent? I don't know. It's my best. I tried. They still keep their identity, but they've been molded into one group, right? Same with Jews and Gentiles. The Jews are still the Jews. The Gentiles are still the Gentiles. But they've been formed into one united group, the church. And the dividing wall of hostility has been broken down. A new situation of peace and reconciliation has come about through the blood of Jesus. Um, so anyone who trusts in Jesus, the new temple of God, Jews or, Jew or Gentile, can enjoy intimacy with God. This is what it says in verse 18. For through him, that's Christ, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Do you see that? Through Christ, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Um, so it doesn't matter what your nationality is. It doesn't matter what education you've got. If you come to Christ and trust in him, you will share the same spirit as everybody else in the church. Isn't that wonderful? You're united. You are family. So just uh, turn to the person next to you and say, we are family. Isn't that great? Yeah. I, I, I nearly broke out into Sister Sledge. We are family. I've got all my sisters with me. Yeah. And brothers, of course. Mustn't be uh, exclusivist. How does this work? It works because the Holy Spirit adopts us into God's family. Right? Now, Jesus is naturally and spiritually the son of God, isn't he? From eternity, Jesus being fully divine was always God's son from eternity. But we get into the family through adoption. Um, a number of you are adopted, but you're still fully a member of the family that you're part of. And the Holy Spirit when he comes to live in the Christian, when someone trusts in Jesus, the Holy Spirit takes up permanent residence in that person. And they are born again spiritually, and they become a new creation in Christ. Um, they become a child of God. Um, so we get in through adoption. So Jesus is kind of our brother, right? Okay. Is that okay? You all right with that? He's our brother. Um, children have access to the parents, right? You, you may have seen this photo. It's a famous one. Um, JFK uh, and his child is playing under the desk. He's, he's, he's I, think, I think the history of it, he's actually uh, giving an order there and telling somebody off. And yet, you know, his, his little son is under the desk listening to all this. I don't know if the person that he's speaking to knew that, but there is his little son under the desk, tuning in, listening to everything that's going on. Not many people get access to someone so important, do they? Like the president. But he did, because he's the son, right? You and I, if we're Christians, and we've got the Holy Spirit in us, get access to the most important and powerful and authoritative and sovereign being in the world, in the universe, and that's God the Father, right? We have access. 
through Jesus, because the Holy Spirit lives in us. We get that intimate personal relationship with God. We get to play in the presence of the Father in heaven. We get to enjoy an intimate, personal, loving, warm relationship with our Father. Isn't that wonderful? Not bad, is it? The Holy Spirit, thirdly, builds us into God's temple. Uh, as I said earlier, the, in the past, the presence of God only dwelt fully in the Holy of Holies, that inner room where the Ark of the Covenant containing the Ten Commandments and the Bread of Presence uh, was. Only there could, you, could the high priest once a year fully experience the presence of God. It was a place where only Aaron could go. And when the, the cloud of God's presence came down on the mountain, the people were not allowed um, near the mountain because of God's holy, powerful presence. Only Moses was invited up, right? But here's the wonder of what's happened through Jesus. Through faith in Jesus, individual believers become temples of the Holy Spirit, right? You and me become the house, the temple in which God's presence dwells. Just take that in for a moment. Um, in, the, in the old covenant, the Holy of Holies was the only place where you could access God's spirit. Now, we know, of course, that God's spirit did come on David and the prophets and some of the kings. But in the main, <laughs> but in the main, God's spirit was only poured out on a few people, a few prophets and judges and kings, and was only available in the temple. But in the new covenant, the Holy Spirit comes to live in everyone, right? Every believer receives that gift. Paul says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? That's pretty amazing, isn't it? That on the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit came, it wasn't just a few people, key prophets, judges, kings, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord would be saved and would receive the Holy Spirit, God's presence in them. And the even more amazing thing is, when all these, do you mind if I call you a mini temple? Is that all right? When all these mini temples come together, like this on a Sunday, we are being built into a spiritual temple in which God's spirit dwells. Listen to Ephesians 2, verse 22. And in him, you two are being built together to become a holy dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So not only does the Holy Spirit live in each of us as mini temples, when all these mini temples, these living stones, come together like bricks in a wall, God's spirit dwells there in and among those mini temples. Now that should change you and I's approach to coming together on a Sunday. I don't know how you see a Sunday and gathering for church, but if you root it in this theology here, you should be much, we should be much more excited than we are about gathering on a Sunday, shouldn't we? Right? Because when God's mini temples all gather together to worship him, 
the Holy Spirit comes powerfully to dwell there, right? So you and I should be on the edge of our seat on a Sunday morning, expecting to encounter God's Spirit in worship, right? I hope you never come to church thinking, oh, no, it's Sunday. Oh, I mean, how dishonoring to God is that for a start? I hope you never come to church and think, oh, I'm on 14 rotors this morning. I hope you're not, by the way. If you are, we're doing something wrong. This is the place where God's spirit dwells. It's where God's presence is. This is the highlight of the week by a country mile, right? Who doesn't want to be in the presence of God? Who doesn't want to experience his peace, his joy, his love, his presence? And that you will find most fully, most intensively, when Christians gather together. Now, I'm not saying you can't meet God by the canal. I do. But if you want to meet God most powerfully, you need to gather with God's people. That's where the spirit dwells. I'm not making this up, folks. It's in the word, right? In which God's spirit, which God lives by spirit. It's wherever the people of God gather, which is why coming to church as often as you can will transform you. If you're going to be filled with the spirit, you can't be on a solo, individual, personal faith journey. <laughs> you can't. doesn't work. If you want to be changed and transformed, you need to gather with God's people because it's there where God is building his spiritual temple. It's there where he pours out his spirit. I, could, I don't know about you. I could sense the Holy Spirit here today, right? It's not just me, is it? Are we awake, by the way? Yeah, people are still there. God's spirit is here. Isn't that a wonderful place to be? Where God's spirit is, there is his peace, his joy. And we're going to, if you're a Christian, you're going to be worshipping for eternity. So you better get used to it. So if you go, well, I might fit God in occasionally on the odd Sunday here and there. Folks, you're going to be worshipping eternally. So you better get used to it here on earth because that's where you're heading. You won't be fitting in worship around other things. It'll be worship in heaven around the throne. So if we gathered outside in the car park, there would be God's spirit among us. There would be the church, right? Um, if you've ever visited uh, other nations where they don't have a building, they know how to do church because <laughs> they're not reliant on the building. It's just the presence of God. Um, when I visited Kenya a few years ago, I was amazed at the sense of the presence of God among worshippers who had no building, just out in the open air. There were no barriers to their engagement with the Holy Spirit. No building to worry about. Why do, we, why do we gather in the church? We gather in order to scatter. We gather to encounter the Spirit of God. We gather to be filled with God's presence. 
to be changed, to be made more and more like Jesus. I've stopped, we've stopped on the, on the worship team, we've stopped calling it a worship rotor. Do you know what we call it now? We call it opportunities to serve, right? We're not doing, we're not, we're not you know, I, I hate the word rotor, even though they're useful. Do you know why? Because it kind of puts the emphasis on us. It's not about us. It's not about me being put out to serve on a rotor as if I'm doing it for somebody else. I'm here to serve Christ. He gave his life for me on the cross. Why, why do we think we're doing him a favor by being on a rotor? Why do we think we're doing him a favor? Why do we feel so put out by our service? It's because we've forgotten that it's not about us. It's all about grace. God first visited us with his mercy and grace. We don't, we don't give back to him anything he hasn't given us in the first place. So opportunities to serve is what we're about. How do you come to church? Do you come to church ready to serve? Or do you come complaining, oh, you'll never guess how busy I am? Isn't that an abomination to God? You know, this is the most joyful experience this side of heaven we can have. So we better get used to it. Enjoy it. Delight in God. Enjoy serving him and his church and his people. So when you're serving coffee, you're not doing it because you're on a rotor. You're doing it because you love Christ and you want to bless others with his presence, right? Some of you don't look convinced. It's not about us, folks. It's not, it's not an inconvenience to our lifestyle or... <laughs> I know we, we're not always good at this, are we? we? We complain and we become discouraged and we get weary. Well, there is one who says to us, come to me all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, come to the cross, kneel. If you're feeling burdened and weary and discouraged and weighed down, why don't you get your attitude right by just kneeling at the foot of the cross again, receiving his grace, receiving his love. It's love, God's love for you, that will empower your service. Did you know that? not your effort and hard work and commitment it's always the love of God that will empower you to serve always so if you're a bit grumbly if you're feeling a bit not sure I want to be on rotors and serve and maybe you need to kneel again at the foot of the cross and say father I need more love <laughs> I need to know your love more your love for the world, your love for this community, your love for the church. If, if loving others is a burden, there's something that's gone wrong, isn't there? If serving others is a burden, there's something that's gone wrong. We gather in the church to be renewed by the Spirit of God so that we can serve the church and serve the community with the gospel, right? 
So we gather to be filled with the Spirit, to be refreshed, to be renewed, because God wants, says to us through Christ, go and make disciples. Come and be refueled and refreshed. Come and meet with God and be filled with the Spirit, and then go and make disciples. Go and tell your neighbors, friends, work colleagues about Jesus. You see, we're not going to do that with any passion if we've not been fueled up, right? If you're anything like me, if you go without food for any amount of time, you start to get very grumpy. Um, if my sugar levels go down, I'm, I'm not good to be around. I need, I need regular pit stops. I'm one of those guys, you know? And my midriff tells a story. <laughs> but, you know, it's the same as Christians. We need regular refueling. Otherwise, we get very grumpy. <laughs> we run on empty, don't we? We gather to scatter. We gather because we are temples of God being built into a spiritual temple in which God's spirit dwells. We gather because we need to encounter God's spirit so that we can go out there and tell the world that Jesus loves them and mean it, right? Uh, <laughs> God doesn't want kind of grumpy Christians going up to people and going, we've got a barbecue. I'm, I'm on, you know, I'm on setup team. I'm cooking. I'm doing the children's work, but you're welcome to come. Right? Wouldn't that be awful? We got a barbecue. We'd love to see you there. We want to bless the community because Jesus blessed people. We want to bless you. You see? Let's pray. Lord, forgive us when we run on empty and we get grumpy and we complain about serving. Lord Jesus, would you fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit? Lord, help us to be filled as many temples, but Father, we want to be a place, a church, a family, a temple in which your Spirit dwells powerfully so that the community sees that by our love for one another we know Christ and we want to be those who go and make disciples those who go and tell others about Jesus so father would you fill us with love for you love for your church for our brothers and sisters and love for those who do not know you oh holy spirit give us a love and a passion that others through us might come into the kingdom and be saved. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Um, the last song is a prayer, really, to ask God to build his church. Build your kingdom here. Change the atmosphere. Pour out your spirit on your church. So this is a, this is a real knees-up one. It's one of those that, you know, you might want to dance. You might want to clap. You can certainly sing. And... Uh, yeah, just, just sing it as a, an expression, a prayer to God. Um, come set your rule and reign in our hearts once again. Uh, let's stand to sing. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again.
Praise God. Praise God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you for watching and taking part on Zoom and thank you for all being here. If you'd like prayer in here, please do just uh, remain behind. And ask your neighbour, or uh, just just ask, uh, put your hand up, and a member of the prayer team will just come and uh, pray with you for any if you want prayer for any reason. So uh, great to be here. God bless you, um, and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's take the presence of God with us into our homes and workplaces and community this week. <laughs> 